It's Zoe from U Studio, and I'm excited to welcome you to a brand new season of Podcast on Podcasting. To help kick us off, I have our CEO, Jennifer Gono, co-hosting with me today. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this today. As many of you know, Podcast on Podcasting brings you the industry experts and leading companies that are really blazing trails in the world of enterprise podcasting. So whether you are completely new to podcasts or experienced as can be, we hope you find value and inspiration in their stories. Today, we're talking to an expert in internal comms and engagement, Scott McKinnis. One of the reasons we're excited to have Scott here with us is that he's not only an expert in internal comms, but he also has a really popular podcast called Building Better Cultures. So today we're talking with him about what pushed him over the edge to start podcasting. But first, Scott, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the Building Better Cultures podcast? Sure. Zoe, Jen, hi. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So at Inspiring Change, we are all about connecting people. Um, We help our clients to connect with their their people, with their strategy, with their change programs, their purpose, their leaders with teams and their people with each other. So for me, um, starting a podcast, um, which used to be called the Inspiring Change podcast, is now called Building Better Cultures, seemed like a really logical step because for me, it was about giving people a really kind of interesting people, a platform on which to share their stories. And importantly, and one thing that I always say to my guests um, is to share some really practical advice and ideas. Because for me, that's what the podcast is all about, giving people things they can take away and apply in their own organizations straight after they've listened to it. Well, and it sounds like um, your ability to reach a lot of people at one time is uh, greatly helped by the, the medium of a podcast. So, so I'm curious about that. Uh, how many people are you able to reach now versus going and having one-off meetings here and there? It's really interesting. It's it, it's grown, um, thank God, over the past three years. Um, I'm getting to about fourteen or fifteen hundred um, people a month now. And what's really interesting is that they're global. So probably um, North America, the US, Canada, uh, the UK, and Ireland account for about 80% of downloads, um, which is fine because they're all English-speaking countries. So as, as a business development tool, I guess that that's great. Um, the other 20% are all around the world, literally all around the world. It's incredible, um, the reach that it gives you. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. If you think about the very first podcast episode you recorded, what was that like and what would you do differently? What would I do differently? How long do we have? <laughs> as long um, as you need. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the very first uh, episode of the podcast was back in January 2018. Um, and it was Mary Davis, who is the CEO of Special Olympics. Um, of course, the, the US-based um, organization for people with intellectual disabilities. Um, being perfectly honest, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, a couple of friends said to me, you should do a podcast. I said, that's great. I went out and I bought a little mic that basically plugged in the top of my iPhone. And that became my uh, my, my recording device. Um, we recorded it in her house. She lives actually just around the corner from me here in Dublin. And we walked in and she said, oh, look at the lovely job we've done on the house. And it was concrete floors and concrete worktops and no curtains. And it was all very beautiful, but it was all hard surfaces. So the echo was unreal. And on top of that, she said, would you like a cup of tea? And I said, of course, who doesn't want a cup of tea in the morning? <laughs> and um, she said, would you like a biscuit? And I said, yes, yes, I'd love a biscuit. Thank you. And of course, when you listen back 
to that first episode, it is like we are sitting in a cave and there are points at which, if you listen to episode one, you can hear me eating the biscuits, <laughs> which is a little embarrassing. But look, there's two things, there's two takeaways that I have from that for people. One is something that somebody else said to me, which is if you don't look back at your very, very first podcast episode and feel just a slight bit embarrassed, then you're not trying hard enough that you should look back and go, wow, the stuff I'm doing now is so much better than what I was doing back then. It's really grown and it has. Um, and the equipment's become better. And I think my interviewing style, I think, has become better over time. Um, and I think the second piece is don't let all that stuff get in the way of starting. Just do it. You know, just 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 start doing it. And who cares if yes. it's a bit rubbish? Who cares if it's only 70%? You started and you'll just get better and better and better. Yeah, no, I, I think that's such a great point. And, uh, and yeah, I hadn't actually even thought about that. Don't eat or drink while we're recording <laughs> commentary. That's a great piece of advice just to have on the do's and don'ts list before you have an interview. But mics um, these days are so good. Right? I know they pick the, up everything. It just picks up everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For me, it's always the rubbing of the mic on my shirt. You know, so you see why they um, they tape mics. You know, in, in when you're filming TV, etc., mm. to your body, and those are all just little tips too that you can um, get good at if you're starting to think about making the the audio in particular better, which, as we know, is a big, big part of it. So, actually, I'm curious about this comment. Uh, related to connecting people, right? You said in an earlier conversation, mm. uh, and even again today, that your purpose in life is to connect people. And I think mm. that's a really powerful statement. And I'm, I want to understand a little bit more about what you mean by that, because we're certainly living in a time where human connection is hard to maintain, especially uh, today as businesses are you know, continuing with remote and hybrid work models. And it doesn't look like it's really going to end, right? It looks like we're going to see these models persist well past the pandemic. So, so talk to me a little bit about um, what you mean by connecting people and really, frankly, the role of media in that connection. Mm, sure. So I think that the one thing we've learned over the past 12 or 14 months when I think about it my parents called me last night and they were going to book some flights to come here in September for my 16 year old's birthday party and that's the first time they'll have been here in 18 months wow a year and a half all they've had is Skype or Zoom or FaceTime that's all they've had yeah the one thing that we've realized over the past 12 or 18 months is that connection with other human beings is so, so important. It's not about material things. It's not about buying stuff. It's not about clothes. It's not about stuff for the garden. It's not about any of that stuff. Actually, what we've missed so much is, is connection with people. And I think as we move forward, it would be an awful shame as we, as we go back to the office, in inverted commas, if we lose some of what we've learned over the past 12 months, which is remote working is a thing that can work. And hybrid models are a thing that's going to allow us to take the very best of what happened pre-March last year that we've been doing for 100 years and then take that and apply all the learnings that we have from the past 12 months and, and build a model of work which is really, really fit for purpose, which serves the needs of, of companies but also better serves the needs of employees. And the whole idea of sitting in traffic during rush hour because everybody is going to work at the same time to arrive at 9 a.m. makes no sense. And then we sit there in the same place for eight hours and then we all get back in our cars or on a bus or on a train or on a tram, whatever. And we so sit in traffic true. for some more hours. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. So true. But the thing is what we're going to lose by not doing that is in some ways that sense of connection. 
because we're not seeing people all the time. And, you know, that really overused um, thing that everyone talks about, the water cooler moments, they're harder to have. Those little moments where we hear things going on, where we get into the stories of things. So for me, connection is everything. And how do we maintain that connection with people who may not necessarily be in the office all the time? We send lots of emails. Um, in fact, I saw a stat the other day that the volume of emails has increased by 70% in the past 12 months. Oh, that is insane. That's a great stat. That is a that's great not going, stat. That's not going from a very low bar. You know, that's going yeah. from a, probably a bar that was too high in the first place. That's right. And I think when you think about media, I think that's a really good way, whether it be video or audio. And I think that audio is just a more accessible medium for people. I think that right. people are more willing to pick up their phone, record a little message or stick in some headphones and their little mic from their, their iPhone headphones, record a message and send it out. They're less funny about that. When you say you're going to put somebody on camera, on video, they get funny. Um, whereas audio, I think, can bridge the gap between the two, the written word and the video. I think the really nice, kind of that really nice halfway house is audio because it gives us so much more than the written word. You know, when I'm reading, because I now know you and I spoke to you a couple of times, Jen, if I'm reading an email from you or reading something from you, I kind of tend to read it in your voice. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. So why not just record your voice and just give that to people rather than sending them something to read? I think corporate comms people, for sure, you know, when you work in, when you work in internal comms in a big organization, you see your senior team all the time. You see them around the place, you see them in head office, you're maybe working with them day to day. Um, lots of other people in your organization don't. I think back to an organization that I worked in, a big bank with branches all around the country. Did those people ever see the CEO? Maybe once a year, but probably not. So let's see them and let's yeah. hear them and let's hear what they have to say. And then when you've thought about the corporate comms, let's actually think about people. Because if you then take whatever that medium is, maybe it's Studio. um, hand over the mic to the people. Mm -hmm. Let them create the content, give them control of the channel. Well, and it's interesting, you know, the thing that we've learned as we've sort of studied this over the last year or two is that um, they want it, right? You know, in, in the early days of putting a podcast program, standing one up, there's sort of a, where are we going to get the content from and what shows should we do? And the reality is almost everybody in the company has a show idea. Right. And once uh, and almost everybody wants to find a way to take whatever is happening in their group or their team or um, maybe it's an important uh, message that needs to go out to the rest of the company. They want to do it in the, this form. Right. Mm. This just it hasn't been as accessible as it is now. And I do think that's you know, that's part of the, the advantage that we're we got really from this pandemic. And I think what's really interesting when you build on that is that, you know, this this rise, we talk, we've talked before about employee voice, about listening to employees, but actually what we're seeing now is a real rise in this whole idea of employee activism, of people wanting to have um, an opportunity to have their say, of recently Amazon going to the staff and wondering, you know, do we want to be unionized, of people at Google walking out because of the way that um, a senior leader wasn't treated when he did something that wasn't aligned with their values. We've got Black Lives Matter. We've got LGBTQ+. We've got a whole load of different ideas and thoughts that people have, and they want to share their voice. They're getting louder and louder. And that's a good thing, A, because it means that they're giving their feedback, but also from a leader's perspective, if I'm sitting at the top of that organization, I'm listening. And what's that giving me? It's giving me a pulse of how the organization is feeling right now. And that's really powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I think the companies that have uh, that have recognized that and are ready to move forward and start moving more communications to media-based 
um, comms, you know, whether it's audio or video, and to your point, audio being the most accessible. I know Zoe and I talk a lot about change management. So I'm going to let you ask the next question, Zoe, because I know it's, it's near and dear to your heart. Yeah, let's switch gears um, and talk about intimidation and fear when we are trying something new. So how can business leaders address that? Yeah, I think that uh, recognition is a really powerful thing. I think the ability to say to people, well, listen, we've got a channel here. We might not get it right, but we're going to start doing something and we're going to start doing something which will get better and better. And I believe in you. And I think this is a really important thing to do. Making sure that we recognize and reward people who are doing really good work is really important. Um, and, and, and when... Gosh, it's really interesting because, you know, organizations will say, you know, well, we want you to be your authentic self. But sometimes you have, we want you to be your authentic self brackets until you say something that we don't like, and then we're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks, yeah. close brackets. And it's it's that kind <laughs> of fear culture. Um, and I talk a lot. I, I, I host a clubhouse chat um, every Thursday, 5 p.m. GMT, if you're interested. Um, quick plug there. Um, mm. But we, we, we talk a lot about psychological safety, about creating psychological safety for staff. And that's in general in our yeah. organizations. But also when you're talking about something like this, you know, we know we won't get it right from the off, but it's better that we start, get it wrong and then learn and then move on. It's no different to any other project or channel in an organization. What you need is a leader to be supportive when it goes right and equally supportive when it goes wrong. Yeah, no, I think giving people permission to make mistakes is a very important uh, part of any sort of change management. And when you're doing something new to your point, uh, absolutely, they're going to get it wrong out of the gate, just like your your biscuit eating and, and tea um, swilling. I don't, want to but, talk, I don't want to talk about the biscuits anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with the biscuits. But but no, the truth is, it's it is it's intimidating to get started. There's a lot of fear there, and um, and and giving your team permission to make those mistakes, I think, is an important piece of it. the The other thing I was going to mention is. Um, one of the, the more practical pieces of advice that we do give our corporate communications clients is to pull together an executive team, almost like an editorial board for your podcast early, to do that on day one out of the gate. And part of that is to um, institutionalize, if you will, the, the change and to institutionalize the, the support and the allowing people to make mistakes, right? Making sure that you've got those senior leaders on board first and foremost before you roll the program out so that it's um, it's not something that you have to react to later or, uh, or feel uncomfortable about if somehow you put a podcast episode out and it's not exactly how you wanted it to be. Um, but you just, you take a more proactive approach. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's something you've seen in the past too, as you know, in the early days of social being introduced in, inside of corporate intranets and Yammer and Jive back in the day. Mm. Um, it feels like that sort of editorial board concept is an important mm. one. Yeah, I think you have, I think the best way to get around that is to give people guidelines is to provide guidelines for people and tell people, what what's accepted and what isn't and look you know most people it's a bit like any kind of policy you have in organizations and i've worked with teams rewriting lots of policy trying to make it a bit more english a bit more human and a bit more adult to adult because our policies tend to be written in a kind of a finger pointy kind of an adult child kind of a way this is no different when it comes to to, to policy and guidelines that we just say to people listen you know put together something that you'd want to listen to but don't be offensive don't swear don't you know don't don't do these basic things that you all know are the right things to do and the wrong things to do, um, and I think that that can go a long way to to kind of helping organisations to avoid 
those those issues. But like, look, like anything else in organizations, I, I remember a story in an organization that I did a bit of work with where um, they had they used to have dress down Friday, um, so casual Friday, and the, the the chairman got into the lift um, with a young lady who was literally dressed in in flip flops and a bikini top, um, and it was suggested perhaps that that wasn't the best outfit to be wearing in the office despite it being dressed down friday and what was the result of that the result of that was that dress down friday was taken away not that the person was told listen pop home take half a day out your leave get changed and come back okay and then it's sorted no let's get rid of it for everybody that could be the same here so what we do is we discuss and we support and we say to people do you really think that was the best thing to put out on the internal podcast? You know, maybe the next time think about X, we're going to take that one down for the time being, and maybe we'll take a couple of learnings forward to make sure it doesn't happen again. And thanks. What you actually highlighted was something that we need to perhaps include in the guidelines for other people. So that's great. So it's a little bit of practical advice for the leaders and the managers, but also for the folks doing it. So get past your fear and intimidation. You got this. It's going to be okay. And yeah. then on the leadership and management front, it's giving giving people those the permission again. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, the most important, probably the most intimidating part of starting a podcast is starting. Yeah, absolutely. Is absolutely. not wanting to screw up. It's, you know, it's, it's doing things like preparing, researching topics and guests, jotting down some notes, maybe doing a run through. If you're that worried about it, maybe do a run through. You know, I remember there was a, I, I recorded an episode a little while ago. And if you listen to go to my podcast and listen to the John Simmons episode, it might be episode 33. Um, the quality is really bad of my audio because I didn't have my mic plugged in properly. So it was picking me up on the built-in mic on my laptop. So it was rubbish. And I said to him, do you mind if we record it again? And he said, no, I haven't got the time. So I had to just run with that. And that was a really good learning. So I now have a checklist that I run through methodically every time. Check mic, check record, check audacity, check zoom, check, 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 tick, 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 job done. And then have some fun. Just have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy having the chats. Yeah. This whole conversation is making me think that um, something I've learned throughout this whole process is you have to be open to feedback because you're going to you're going to mess up and feedback can only help you improve. And I think that that's one of my biggest takeaways. Um, and especially as you guys speak about, you know, your audio quality and things like that, just always open to to feedback from other people and to not take it personally as well. Mm, yeah. I recorded I recorded one recently um with a guy down in South Africa and he had a very thick um he was a black South African, he had a very thick accent. Um he was also on his built-in mic on his laptop. We recorded it. I was a bit worried about it. I sent it to my producer and he said, "Look, it's 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 very hard to get his point to listen to the point he's trying to make." Um, so he's not able to get his point across. And from your perspective, you're putting out something that isn't to the quality that you always put out. So I made the really hard call and I rang him and I said, look, for both our perspectives, can we just re-record this? Would you mind sticking on a headset and let's do it again? And I would do that every single time. It's a difficult conversation to have. They might say no, but I don't want to put out poor quality content from their perspective or from my own. Well, and, and it's not that dissimilar if you think about uh, constructing a PowerPoint presentation, right? If I'm working on, I'm a manager and I'm working on a, a training presentation, or maybe it's a corporate uh, or internal comms presentation, and I share it with my boss, there's a chance that 
my boss looks at it and says, you know what, the structure's wrong, let's redo this. And that could be anywhere from, you know, an hour of work to a complete redo. And so we've learned in, in business to be open to that sort of feedback, but there's something about your voice and, and doing a podcast that makes that feedback just a little bit more personal than a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think, Zoe, your, your comment is a good one. We need to uh, remind folks that, uh, yes, it's your voice. Yes, it's your style. Yes, it's your tone. But, uh, but somebody giving you feedback on that it, for the purpose of, to use your phrase, you know, representing you well or representing the person you're interviewing well, um, is really just doing it to get the message, a better message across, right? So yeah. it really is a, that objectification that we have to, to do as humans that is so hard. And again, we're dealing with the new medium here. This is, uh, this is something we're not used to. Yeah. So it's just gets back to your, just get started. You'll get used to it over time. You'll improve over time. You'll objectify better over time. Uh, you know, and of course, we do have this great thing called editing. There are half a dozen mm-hmm. things in this podcast alone that I know we will be editing uh, out because uh, you know you you say a word wrong or you um, you you have a pause, an awkward pause in a certain spot. But but we have that capability, right? So so that's one of the nice things is just getting used to to those functions as well. Yeah, but the one thing to remember is that editing can't fix everything. So if you start with rubbish quality. That's true. It's not going to fix that. So getting getting the best quality you can with the kit that you have is absolutely key. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You can't um, add data, um, audio data, when you just haven't captured it. That's a very valid point. I think audio in general is one of the more, uh, getting the audio and the sound quality right is one of the more important aspects um, that we absolutely work with our customers to make sure. Well, it's all you have. It's, when exactly you have right. When you have video, we've got, we've got visual and we've got yeah. oral. Um, yeah. with audio, we've only got the one. So it's important to get it really, really right. Yep. No, no question. Uh, well, I, I love the, the mantra. It sounds like our mindset needs to be just get started. Um, I, I don't, I'm going to uh, avoid stealing Nike's slogan here, um, <laughs> but that needs to be our 2021 mantra for sure. What have we missed, um, Scott? What would, you, what would you have our listeners hear that we didn't ask? So I think, you know, something that I am very passionate about on my own podcast is just trying to make sure that we get some kind of practical tips and best practices out of guests. So I'm going to take myself and put myself on that side of the microphone. Um, I think a couple of things, you know, having a plan is a really important thing. Um, I think you guys refer to it as programming in your six P's of podcasting. Uh, I try and always make sure that I'm kind of two to three episodes booked in all the time. Um, I also try and think about how how do I take other content that I may be putting together. Um, if you go and look at the podcast, um, you'll see Scott's thoughts. Um, they're just little five-minute podcasts that started off as little videos for uh, social. And then uh, Sarah, who does my uh, digital marketing, said, well, why don't you take them and put them out as podcast episodes? Because it would work really well. It reaches a wider audience. So how can you reuse some of that content? Um, to make sure that you're not having to create, 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 create all the time, because that's tiring. Um, I think having a reason for being and sticking to it is really important. You know, for me, I talk to really solid business leaders about internal communications, engagement, leadership, and their folk, their, the, the impact those things have on culture. That's what my listeners have come to expect. Therefore, I've got to keep doing that. So having your raison d'etre, if you like, uh, and making sure that that's what you deliver every time is really important. Um, we talk about authenticity 
it's really easy to say, well, listen, it's important to be authentic. You know, if the quality is a bit iffy, it's fine. As long as it's, it's the authentic you, it is, but only to a point. If the audio is really bad, don't use it. Quality is still important. Um, I think being relevant is really important. Being authentic is important. And if you've got guests, brief them. Give them a little briefing beforehand. It doesn't need to be war and peace. Just letting them know things like what you're going to cover, how it's going to work, what you're going to do, how it's going to go, what is and what isn't okay to say. And I always say to my guests, this is not an opportunity for a sales pitch. I want you for your knowledge. I want you for what you bring. I can I can tell people your company name and where they can go for more information later. That's not the purpose of this because it impacts badly on me and it impacts badly on you. So there's just some maybe top tips that people might find useful um, if they're thinking about starting yeah. something up themselves. No, no, the planning is critical. I, I'm glad you brought that up. And um, and setting the expectation is another good one. I heard from a uh, an end user, an audience member at a big enterprise company, I'll, who shall we remain nameless, um, a large you know, multinational brand. And we had asked some of the audience for feedback. And he said, I mean, most of the content's great, but when so-and-so, you know, the host starts droning on about his weekend with the kids and the vacation, you know, and so all of a sudden we realize that there is, to your, I think you said this, authenticity to a point, right? You still have to be relevant. You still have to give your listeners what they expect. And when you set a format up for, for a particular show, you want to make sure that the episodes adhere to that. Um, so that over time you continue to grow a loyal base of guests. If it's sort of hit or miss, or you know some episodes are good, some aren't, um, you're going to feel that in your audience growth, right? Your adoption. So, um, so those are great tips. Thank you so much. Uh, I have loved this conversation and can't wait to do more of them. Zoe, thank you for organizing it. And this was so great. Um, Scott, thanks for coming on today thank you for having me it was great being here today and uh, hopefully the listeners found that to be of interest and use if i give if i can be of any more help then um as zoe said my details are in the show notes as always i'd also like to thank our great audience um we'll continue to bring you guys the thought leaders and seasoned you studio customers that are doing great things in the world of enterprise podcasting any links and show notes can always be found in the episode description including a link to get into touch with Scott directly. As always, you can visit our website at ustudio.com to learn more about how Ustudio can help get you started. Until next time, happy podcasting.